Again, uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there and the, the spiritual fathers and the fathers, the father figures. And, you know, let's pray for those who didn't have a father, who never knew a father, but we can be a father to the fatherless, just like Christ is our father. When once our father was sin, but we had a real father to step in, amen? And also, happy Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth. For those who don't know what Juneteenth is, Juneteenth was the day when the slaves were freed. And the last remnant of the slaves that were freed were in Galveston, Texas. So imagine a year after you were free, you're still working, and somebody comes to you and says, you're free. You're free. So happy Juneteenth. Happy Father's Day. And yes, I am uh, with RUF and loving it here at, at, at uh, South Carolina State, my alumni. And so that's where we'll be starting our uh, actual first RUF um, at South Carolina State. And hopefully it will continue to spread around to the other HBCUs here in South Carolina. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to read our text for today and I'm going to pray. All right. Let's read our text. Our text comes from. Uh, Romans 12, 1 through 2. I'll give everybody, I think everybody sort of has their Bibles out already. Good, good. Or your phone, whatever works. Romans 12, just, just a couple of verses, uh, 1 through 2. It reads, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The word of God for the people of God. Let's pray. Lord, be with us, Lord. Lord, empty our hearts of things that would divide hearing from you, Lord. Empty my heart. Help me to decrease. Help us to decrease so that you may increase, Lord. Send your Holy Spirit to open our tainted hearts, Lord. Turn our hearts from stone to our hearts of flesh, Lord. In your name, Lord, we pray. Amen. So the title is called Jesus's Next Top Model. All right, so... When my wife Latifi and I were dating, she got me into a reality show called America's Next Top Model. Now, for a while, it was my show. Now, don't judge me because those who are married and those who are, are single and wanting to be married, guys, you're going to do whatever it takes to keep that one woman because you love her, and you can't lose her, so you're going to probably watch some things that maybe guys normally don't watch, like America's Next Top Model. But that was my show. After it became my show, I embraced it. The show was about a specific number of female contestants who desired to be America's Next Top Model. Now, to be the next top model, you first had to present yourself to the modeling experts. 
Now, some of these contestants brought their own modeling experience to the show. And the former supermodel Tyra Banks, who is over the show, stresses to them not to conform to their modeling experience, but instead tells them to be transformed by this new experience. The one who fully presents themselves and doesn't conform is allowed and, and is allowed to be transformed eventually will be America's next top model. We might never be America's next top model, but we can be Jesus's next top model. Just like the show, these contestants have to model Tyra Banks. We also have to model Christ. But for us, but, but for us, that means we have to live right. Now, how on this Sunday morning can we live right? How can we test and discern God's will and what is good, acceptable, and perfect to him? How can we be Jesus's next top model? And we're going to look at three ways or three ways to, to answer this question. And the, and the first point, if you want to say it's a point, you know, the first point is that we present ourselves. We present if we look at Romans 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So here Paul begins the, the, the application portion of Romans. And this is why he says, therefore, because of the, the mercies of God that I've told you, this is how we should live. So through, th through the first 11 chapters, there are several examples of the mercies of God. He, he shows his love, his favor, his, the benefits, adoption, justification, righteousness, and acceptance without any prerequisite. And Paul says, because of this, we should present ourselves as living sacrifices. But what does it mean to be a sacrifice? A living sacrifice. It means to, 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 to give your whole being over to something or someone for their interests. In the Greek, the living sacrifice is written and read sacrifice living. This indicates that being a living sacrifice is a lifestyle of presenting. It's not a, a one-time thing. It's not like you get on Amazon, right? And you Get, you get from Amazon, you, you join the trial, and then once you get what you want, you sort of uh, uh, cancel the trial, do it again. Am I the only one that does that? That sort of, I got to get it from Amazon. I want that Amazon, you know, the next day, so I'll join Amazon. Then once I get it, I cancel my subscription. Do, am I the only one that does that? Or did that? Some people are laughing like they've done it. It's okay. All right, all right, that's fine. Maybe it's just me. Okay, that's fine. But it's, we're not called to jump in and jump out. Being... A sacrifice living is a lifestyle. I guess on the other end, some of us have made Amazon a lifestyle. Yeah, y'all got y'all need to be talking to the elders about that because that's a problem. I'm just kidding. So, so for example, I learned that during World War II, Jap Japanese kamikaze pilots weren't chosen. These specific pilots gladly volunteered their life and body as a living sacrifice to honor the emperor. 
there was a soldier named Hero uh, Odia, Odia who continued to fight 20 years after World War II ended. 20 years after. He believed the, the, that, that the, papers, the, the papers that dropped from the plane that said the war was over, he thought it was a trick. He thought it was a trick. So he dug in and continued to fight 20 years later doing guerrilla warfare. Even after found and said, hey, look, man, the war is over. He said, the only way I will stop being a living sacrifice. He didn't say living sacrifice, but the only way I will stop is if my commanding officer relieves me of duty. So you can imagine him going back, trying to find this guy, you know, when they found him. And the guy came and relieved him of duty. And he came out of this foxhole. But like these kamikaze pilots, this man was a living sacrifice. He gave his whole being over to the emperor. Even to the point that he would not stop. And this takes me to my next point. Living sacrifice, it means that we should not conform. So the second point is, we do not conform. Look at Romans 12 too. It says, do not be conformed to the world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Okay, so this word world and some different translations in NIV or King James, whatever you might have, it might say age or pattern of this world. So what Paul is speaking of is a sinful systematic pattern of how the world sees and how they respond to God. So, 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 Paul speaks of this pattern in Romans 1. If you read Romans 1, he speaks about how humanity has suppressed God's truth and what they have done, how to exchange who God was for something else. This is the world that Paul is saying, look, do not conform or remodel or transform our lives to this systematic pattern of the world. Do not be conformed to this world is an imperative. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. We need to know that this is a command. I've been reading a book called Urban Apologetics. It's called Urban Apologetics, Restoring Black Dignity to the Gospel, with the Gospel. Now, this book directly deals with issues plaguing the black community. And in uh, chapter five, it speaks of the relevancy of the black church. And though he explicitly addresses the black church, I think what he addresses in this chapter can also be said of predominantly white churches. He says, once the church gives sanctuary to lazy pseudo-scholarship, materialism and, 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 and secularism, syncretism and subjectivity, it loses its relevance and everything falls apart. This is one example of what it means to conform. I'll, I'll never forget one time I was, I, I, man, I'm so embarrassed to say this, but I got to say it. When me and my wife left Baltimore, we moved to Charlotte where my brother and other PCA members were who, you know, who we knew. And we joined, please just charge it to my head, not my heart. We joined a, and no disrespect to those who might be part of this denomination, but we joined a PCUSA church. I thought ignorantly that this church was connected to the PCA church in some way, but I came to find out that it was night and day. It wasn't the same. 
the theology was completely, yeah. So anyway, I joined a group of other youth pastors that were in that were in that in that area, and so we would meet once a Wednesday and talk about stuff. And one person said, "Hey, look, we need somebody to come out and share the gospel to high school students." I'm like, "Oh yeah, that'll be great." Oh man, come seven in the morning, right before school. There's like seventy to eighty kids. I'm like, "Yes, that'd be awesome." I was excited about it. I'm like, "Yes." Students get to hear the gospel. I was excited. And he said, yeah, man, we had some Muslims come in and share the gospel. We had some Mormons come in. We had some Imams. We had some Hindus come in. We had all kinds of people coming in. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. I said, um, and this was about 20 to 30 people at this table of youth pastors. And I said, how do you, dist- how do you help students? Because I was a youth pastor for years. And when it comes to young people, if you confuse them, you're going to get on my bad side. You, you'll get on my bad side. Uh, and I asked her, I said, how do students, how do you determine students, tell students what is the truth? How do they distinguish what is truth and what is false? And she said, well, you know, they can just figure it out on their own. I said, that's not in the Bible. Now, this was in front of all these other youth people. I said, that's not, that's not in Scripture. She said, well, we just want them to be good people. I said, that's not in the Bible either. I said, guys, does, does, does anybody want to say anything about this? And they all held their heads down. I was like, oh, my gosh. And she said, well, you know, we just want to be good citizens, good people. You know, they're gonna, I'm like, again, that's not in the Bible. And I said, I don't know about that. And I said, I'm not going to do it. I said, I'm not going to do it. But they didn't like me. They were upset with me for a long time. But the point I'm trying to make by telling this story is that they conformed. They conformed to the world. They left scripture. They left church doctrine. They left uh, sound theology. They left the principles of scripture. They left God's word to conform to a pattern of how the world thinks. In that day, I was the only, I'm not better than them, but I was the only one in there that decided not to conform. I, uh, one, uh, one of my favorite uh, gospel hip-hop artists said this in his lyrics. He said, before I jump in Satan's circle, I'd much rather be a square. And this song deals with peer pressure. Uh, peer pressure. And sometimes when you don't do what your friends want you to do, they call you a square. Everybody's doing it. And what he's saying is, I would rather be a square. So it's sort of a double meaning. I would rather not conform and be a square than to conform and jump in Satan's circle. I can't jump in Satan's circle if I'm a square. What he's saying is, I'm not going to conform. I'm going to be transformed by the ruin of my mind. We cannot conform, even if it means we lose friends and family members. That's hard. But we have to stand on God's word. And that's why, our third point, that's why we have to be transformed. We have to be transformed. If you look at Romans 2, same verse, Romans, Romans 12, 2. It says, be not, be, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. 
by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, I love this word transform. The Greek word is metamorpho. We get the word, what does it sound like? Metamorphosis, right, right. Oh, y'all with me? I like that. Okay, metamorphosis. And metamorphosis means to completely change form or nature. And the best a, 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 a translation is that to change an essence of nature. Think about a butterfly. This is sanctification that's happening here. This is God making us new in his image and making us alive to righteousness. You are being transformed more and more and more into God's next model, right? It doesn't matter how fast or how slow something transforms. It has to go through its stages. Stage one doesn't look like stage four. Stage two doesn't look like, no longer looks like stage three. Now, I say this because sometimes, let's be honest, sometimes we don't think we're changing. It's hard. Even for college students, they don't think they're changing, so they sort of neglect the faith because they don't see it. It's like your hair. You know it's growing. You don't feel it. Sometimes you don't see it, but you look in the mirror, you'll be like, oh, wait a minute. Okay, I can put this up, you know. But you are no longer the same person. You're going through a minimorphu. One of my best friends named Antoine, who, who I gravely missed, he lives in Baltimore, my friend Antoine, he, before he was saved, he was an enforcer. <laughs> yeah. He, he would be hired to go threaten people and even beat them up. And Antoine, and b- 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 he was saved, but when he told me this, his testimony, I'm like, I would have never known. It was like night and day. And so Antoine said, man, you know, I, I was an enforcer, and I would beat people up, and you know, I would threaten people. Um, and he also, and because of his lifestyle, he eventually went to jail. And he told me some stories, man, how he, he was so scared that for three years, he slept with sharpened pencils. You know, so, and then he leaves jail and then he joins the nation of Islam. And so he, and after that, he, he realizes that the nation of Islam is not like Christianity. And he meets a woman named Miss Amelia who just constantly loves him and loves him and loves him. And he's like, I don't understand. I've been trying to fight this love. Where is it coming from? And he realized it was coming from Christ. And then eventually he gives his life to the Lord. And there were a lot of stories like that, that you would never know that Christ has transformed and is constantly transforming people. He has a saying, he says, he says that God took me from an ex-con to an icon. So what about us? What about some application? What about us? How, do, how, how, do, how can we be Jesus' next top model? The question is still there, right? How can we live right? How can we test and discern God's will? What is good, acceptable, and perfect to him? And here is your answer. You ready? Here's the answer. We can't. We can't. We cannot. We cannot. You and me do not have the ability to live right. I don't care what you do, how much money you got, who your family is, 
the school you went to, how much education you got, how much theology you got. You do, we, you and me do not have the ability to live perfectly and live right. We don't. I don't care what anybody says. If they tell you otherwise, tell them like I told those youth pastors. Where's that in the Bible? Don't be afraid to do that now. Here's your, here's the point in your application. Application, here's the first point. Just step out and present yourself. We, all we can do is step out on faith and trust in Christ's sacrifice, not ours. We have to trust in what Christ has done on the cross, what his work and what he has done and step out on faith in the view of his mercies and present ourselves and say, Lord, I can't get it right. Just, I don't know what to do. All I can do is give you me. Give yourself over. That's it. And you have to tell the Lord, I have conformed. I haven't been doing what you want. I haven't followed your law. I haven't followed your word. I'm not thinking about you. My conformity has led to ruined relationships, idolatry, arrogance, sorrow, emptiness, pain, suicidal thoughts, and depression. And my conformity has not just hurt me, but it's hurt other people. I can't transform myself. I just have to step out by faith. I have nothing to bring but this broken, beaten, rotten person. And the second point is, let the Lord transform you. Let the Lord transform you. In our faith, in faith, Faith in our Savior, Jesus, is enough to transform you. It's enough. It's enough, and it's enough to keep you until the last day of redemption. It's enough. You, you, can't, you can't say, Lord, here, I, 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 got, I got this. I got. <clears throat> my father, who is a great man, I don't know if you know my father. He, he's a tour guide in Charleston. He does gullet tours. I don't know if you've heard of him before. But he's, his love language is that he gives a lot of his resources. That's just his love language. And I said, Daddy, I can't pay you back. He's like, I know you can't, but you ain't got no money. <laughs> he's like, I know you can't pay me back. We, we cannot, we can, and there's nothing I can do to repay back my father but to say, thank you. We can't bring, say, God, we can't go to Jesus and say, Jesus, amen, I know my theology now. I'm ready to be accepted. Hey, Jesus, you know, my family history is this. Hey, Jesus, I've done this. I've done this. Now, you, no, it doesn't work like that. Now I can be transformed if I do this. If I, It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Faith in Christ is enough to transform us until the day of redemption. Again, so stop trying to, tr- let's, me and you, let's, let us stop trying to transform ourselves. We get that on the TV all the time. That's conformity. If you just do this, if you just do that, then you can get better. If you just drink this water, then you can get better. If you just exercise like this, well, nothing wrong with exercise, but 
exercise to salvation ain't going to work. You can't come to the Lord, hey, Lord, I'm all buffed up now. No. God's like, I'm, I'm stronger than you. I created those muscles. We need to go to the Lord and present ourselves and say, Lord, transform me into the man or the woman you want me to be, into the student you want me to be, into the husband, into the wife you want me to be, into the, to, transform me to, into the employee you want me to be, into the boss you want me to be, into the father, into the mother you want me to be, into the person, Lord, you want me to be. Transform me in the way you want me to be so that I can live right, test and discern what is good, acceptable and perfect to you. Let me be your next top model. I leave you with the song in the words of uh, the gospel artist, William McDowell, where his song, he says, I give myself away so you can use me. Take my heart, take my life, as a living sacrifice. All my dreams, all my plans, Lord, I place them in your hands. I give myself away so you can use me. Let's pray. Lord, help us to be, Lord, help us to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. Lord, help us just to step out. Help our brokenness, our emptiness, help us to step out and just have faith in you. Help us to do that, Lord. And Lord, as we step out, transform us into the people who you want us to be. And not only that, Lord, let others see your transformation so that they too would know the beauty and the aroma and the love of your grace and your mercy and know your glory. In the name, Lord, we pray. Amen.